Consumers Energy is so proud to call Jackson home. We feel like we've had mutually beneficial relationships. The people who live here are also my coworkers, and the people who work for my company are also our customers, friends, and families. Everyone in Jackson at least knows someone and is probably related to someone at the company, and I think that's a very important tradition, and I think it has a positive impact on Jackson now, and it will definitely continue into the future. If you worked for consumers, you were proud of it. You invested in it. It impacted your life. You bought their stock. You bought their appliances. You could just say that without consumers, we would be a totally different community. Well, if you want to talk about the history of consumer's power, you have to go back to a set of brothers, and that would be William A. Foote and his brother, J.B. Foote. These two gentlemen actually were from Adrian. Foote was a miller there, and he had a mill that was run by Hydropower. They came to Jackson in 1886, and they set up a little generator that was designed by a partner that they had named Samuel Jarvis. He was from Lansing. They built this generator and this was all done over on Trail Street by the Grand River. There was some electricity already in Jackson on the storefront, but that only lit a little bit along Michigan Ave. He went before the city council in 1886 and said, listen, I want to give an experiment here of lighting some six lights along Michigan Avenue. So he runs some power and poles along through there, and it was basically called these dishpan lights uh, made out of tin and these uh, carbon electrodes. And what he did is he set up a system um, the city council was very impressed because when it was lit up, it was a phenomenal uh, thing for them. So this was just to kind of like, let me show you what I can do for Jackson. So back then, uh, the city council was impressed, said, you know what, we're going to go with you. William A. Foote was 32 years old. His brother was 13 years younger, and that was James Berryfoot. And he was the engineer. Um, he's the one who had all the knowledge of how to do the stuff. And it was William Foote, though, that was the money smart person, the entrepreneur. They had to work as a team to be successful, but all of that history to, about consumers started with those two brothers. Now, if you know anything about the Kalamazoo River, it really drops significantly um, over by um, Allegan. In fact, there's a hundred feet drop uh, within a few miles. Now, some of the other people were using the power off the 30 feet, but they figured, let's build a dam here. So, using some soil and some, um, they used the engineer firm of William Fargo Engineering. Um, they were from Jackson and they used some very brand new engineering techniques designed by James Foote. And there's another employee that was very important to that start. His name was George Stecker. Between Stecker and J.B. Foote, they designed uh, technology, I guess you would call it, where all that dropping in water flow would be converted from a direct current to an alternating current and their whole idea is like, we've got to be able to move it from the river 
to the cities farther down the road, down the river. So when they did the Troll Bridge um, project, they had everything designed. It was William Foote, along with Stecker, just said, okay, turn it on. They let the water start going through. They were waiting. Now they had wired this all the way to Kalamazoo. And we're talking about close to 25 miles. Could you move power that far? Um, he decided to use iron wire for the project because he figured if it didn't work, we could always sell the iron for fencing. So he had a default project on that. It takes almost three hours before they hear that the lights were working in Kalamazoo. They had somebody there, the guy came riding in in the dust and on a, on a horseback saying, you know, it works, the lights, it's working. That was their first experiment. Can we move it from a source miles and miles away? That was their first success. It was really a hand-to-mouth project. They didn't have a lot of funds to do all this construction. And the way that Foote got money is that he was the owner of the Jackson Street Railway, which is the inner urban system. He got that by default because the original owners went bankrupt. So he had to use the funds from that, the profit, to pay for the construction crews for these new dams and bridges. Many, many times uh, the people at the railway office, they would get five or $10 short in their till because what was taking it to pay for the crews. Um, you know, often they would raid the meter boxes, run to the bank so they could make payroll. And it was a really shaky start for them, but they knew they wanted to get into electricity. Now, there were people up in Grand Rapids that were very successful too. And uh, one of the groups actually tried to get James Foote to go to them. And William Foote said, no, my brother only works for me. Um, so they continued to build these hydroelectric dams. They were along the Muskegon River, the Kalamazoo River, even the Grand River and they were able to produce a significant amount of electricity to put it on the map for all these local communities. By 1904, they were known as the Commonwealth um, Power Company. By 1910, with all these successful projects, they joined in with some other uh, groups and became known as Consumers Power Company. Consumers had so many employees that they had to have one central headquarters. That 11-story building that was built in 1927 on Michigan Avenue, right next to the brand new Hayes Hotel. 1927 was a really big year for them. They decided they were gonna outreach to the farmers. In February of that year, there was kind of an experiment. It was seven miles of transmission line, and that went from Mason to Danville. Now, there were some farmers that were getting electricity. Um, they were really, I guess, leery of it. When the electricity came to Albion, those farmers would actually, they would take their horses and put them like a couple blocks away. They were afraid that this electricity would blind their horses. So there was a lot of misconceptions with farmers about this is gonna be valuable. By 1937, you're up to about 25,000 farmers. By the end of it, in 1949, they had connected 100,000 farms. 
No other state in the nation had a, as many farmers electrified as in the mid-Michigan area under consumers' power. Hi, I'm Phil Tripp from Tripp's Auto Shop and Collision Center. Did you know that your insurance company cannot tell you where to get your vehicle repaired? Did you know even if you're not getting your vehicle repaired and you're cashing out with the insurance company, Tripp's Auto Shop can help. Let us write you an accurate estimate so you can get the most money possible from your insurance company. Did you know at Tripp's Auto Shop and Collision Center, we'll cover up to $500 of your insurance deductible or a rental car. Tripp's Auto Shop, the right repair is no accident. Visit Spring Arbor Lumber for your pole barn package. Let us give you a free estimate. Residential, commercial, agricultural, industrial. We do all types of pole barns. The smartest way to do your homework. Spring Arbor Lumber. Lammers has installed and serviced residential furnaces and ACs since 1965. But did you know that Lammers installs and services many types of commercial heating and cooling equipment? From small rooftop units to large makeup air systems, Lammers gets the job done right. Lammers can also tailor a preventative maintenance program to your company's needs to keep your systems working at peak efficiency. Call Lammers to set up a free analysis of your business heating and cooling units today. Virginia Coney Island has been serving world-famous food in a family atmosphere since 1914. Our Coney dogs are a Jackson tradition, the recipe handed down through generations and straight to you. We also serve our delicious breakfast all day long and we take pride in our fresh-made soups, different every day. Takeout is available, including our special yellow bag lunch, and tax is included in the price you pay. Experience it for yourself at Virginia Coney Island on East Michigan Ave. Jackson District Library has been serving the community for over 150 years. Check out books, magazines, movies, and more at our 13 locations in Jackson County. Visit our virtual branch to download and stream ebooks, audiobooks, comic books, music, magazines, and movies. Get online help with genealogy, homework, career practice tests, and more. Inspiring our community to discover, learn, and succeed at Jackson District Library. I'm Tim Rogers. The Enterprise Group is the economic development agency for all of Jackson County. We help companies grow and invest in your community. We're proud of the successful projects adding wealth and prosperity. Our team offers strategic, measurable business advantages to help you grow and thrive and make a better life for all residents of Jackson County. The Jackson County Chamber of Commerce invites you to grow your business by building relationships with decision makers from Jackson businesses at our many Chamber events. Visit us on Facebook or jacksonchamber.org. We're not just a Chamber of Commerce, but a Chamber of Connections. At Jackson Public Schools, we are proud of our community and it's at the heart of everything we do. These proud Jackson Public School alumni are shining examples that there is no greater strength than that of a community that works together to achieve success for our youth. We partner with students, families, educators, and community to create a culture of academic excellence and workforce readiness. JPS graduates are among the most prepared and ready to be the next leaders of Jackson. Jackson Public Schools, where community comes together. Enjoy summer with a Trex deck from Spring Arbor Lumber. Trex decking has natural wood beauty but won't rot or splinter. Spring Arbor Lumber, your Trex decking headquarters. The smartest way to do your homework. Spring Arbor Lumber. 
No matter how many times you tell him, nobody ever seems to remember to turn off the lights. What? You can count on Consumer's Energy to power the moments that matter most with instant rebates on energy-efficient LED or CFL light bulbs. And that's just one of over 250 ways we can help you manage your monthly energy costs. Look for the Consumer's Energy logo at your local retailer or visit ConsumersEnergy.com slash MyHome to find one near you. are dozens of projects that consumers have uh, constructed and did across the state. They were known throughout the nation as being a forerunner of whatever was new, innovative. Um, when they built Big Rock, it was the fifth uh, nuclear plant. Um, so that was significant. Out of the whole United States, we were number five for a nuclear plant. This is not at all like what you'd expect to find at an electric power plant. It's the new shape of a new kind of plant. Inside is the equipment for a new technology, nuclear power. What does it cost to put up a plant like this? The concrete work, steel work, and other items connected with erecting the buildings run close to $6 million. The turbine plant, nearly $5 million. The reactor equipment, over $11 million. Other items bring the total up to $27 million. For four and a half years after first operation, Big Rock Point will be a center of research and development work conducted for the Atomic Energy Commission. This work will be performed by Consumers Power Company and General Electric Company. One goal is to make the nuclear fuel last longer. Another is to reduce the cost of fabricating the fuel. More and more heat will be developed in the core, the heart of the atomic furnace, without increasing its size. These are essential objectives in the effort to make nuclear energy fully practicable as a heat source for generating electric power. Consumers Power is one of 124 investor-owned electric utility companies that are paying nearly three-quarters of a billion dollars to gain actual working experience with this new fuel well in advance of the day when it will be needed. After Big Rock, they decided they would do another plant, and that's where you have Palisades over there on Lake Michigan. Now, Palisades had problems from the get-go. It's 30 years of operations. It had so many shutdowns, malfunctions. They even sued the designers, Bechtel, and I think they got like $14 million of it. So it wasn't a well-designed plant, but their third idea was to build this um, plant in Midland. The Midland nuclear plant was about 90% completed in 1984. Uh, there had been some construction problems with the plant. At the same time, the Fermi plant was being built, one of the Fermi plants, uh, nuclear plants by Detroit Edison at the time. And at about that time, the economy of the state of Michigan uh, was going to a very low point in the early 80s. So the Michigan Public Service Commission uh, had a difficult decision to make, and that was which of those two nuclear plants was going to survive because they didn't believe that both of them were needed. Both of them were very near completion, but their opinion was that uh, the economy being in the state that it was, the demand for electricity actually uh, not growing but subsiding a bit, that there was no longer a need for both plants. And uh, because uh, Midland, uh, appeared to have greater problems than Fermi had. Uh, uh, the decision was made to uh, to bring uh, the Midland plant down and to uh, mothball it. 
I joined the company, I had an internship in 1979 in communications, and then in, in 1982 I joined the company. And so the project shut down in July of 84. The company had spent $4 billion uh, on it, almost half the company assets, and it never proceeded as a nuclear facility. We came close to bankruptcy then, and that, of course, was a terrific challenge for the company. Terrific challenge for employees, terrific challenge just to keep uh, expenses uh, and expenditures high enough to, uh, to maintain good customer service. We all got pay cuts, and that money was set aside into a fund for you. First it was called Selby Bucks after our uh, CEO at the time, John Selby. Then it, then it became Billy Bucks after the chairman at the time, Bill McCormick. And that was uh, cut, the company needed the money, frankly, to survive and not file for bankruptcy. And um, you did get that money back later when the company returned to financial health. It later was converted to a natural gas plant in 1990 and really was a remarkable turnaround uh, for the company at that time. Then we went through uh, some pretty good years of growth again uh, that were the McCormick years when, uh, when there was a lot of expansion into international markets. Consumers is basically your right hand. Consumers uh, power, consumers energy is electric and natural gas service in all 68 counties in the Lower Peninsula. CMS Energy was the unregulated part of the business created by a shareholder vote in 1987, it led to a, a, a building in Dearborn where it was housed, and it was about creating energy projects around the world. One time, I think there were 26 or 27 countries where CMS had projects. At one time, it had the largest independent power project on three different continents. It had become a global conglomerate, but it was overstretched. And that led to the eventual unwinding and the return to the mid return to consumers. We were near bankruptcy. Uh, the market had pretty much evaporated for what it is we were trying to do uh, in the international marketplace with energy. Uh, we weren't we weren't successful as we hoped we would be in uh, in the unregulated side of our business. People were let go. People had their wages reduced, their salaries reduced. Cash flow was at uh, abysmally low, and uh, things had to be done that uh, that were very very difficult on people. Uh, but they prevailed. Uh, the family atmosphere continued to provide the uh, the strength I think for people to support one another and ultimately uh, dug out of the financial morass that the company found itself in. Through some excellent leadership, you know, Dave Jost, Ken Whipple, John Russell, the company really rediscovered its roots, rediscovered uh, why customers are number one, reliability is important, having good financial performance is really critical, and not least, customer satisfaction. We really are, exist for the purpose of the, uh, of the customer. I look back and I think about it was a thrilling Thing to work for the company in the area that I was in, media relations. I had outstanding uh, staff people in collaboration with others. So um, I'm really grateful for the career that I had, but I'm especially grateful that the company is on the right track now, healthy, strong. That's, that's to Jackson's benefit. summer yard work is so much better with an energy efficient air conditioner. That's why Consumers Energy offers money saving rebates whenever you upgrade to an energy efficient air conditioning system. 
And that's just one of over 250 ways we can help you manage your monthly energy costs. So you can count on Consumers Energy to power the moments that matter most. Learn more about our variety of energy efficiency programs online. Enjoy summer with a Trex deck from Spring Arbor Lumber. Trex decking has natural wood beauty but won't rot or splinter. Spring Arbor Lumber, your Trex decking headquarters. The smartest way to do your homework. Spring Arbor Lumber. The mission of the Ellis Sharp Museum is to provide opportunities for everyone to explore, engage in, and enjoy history and the arts. Located in Ellis Sharp Park, the museum's six galleries, historic farm lane, and collection of outdoor sculptures are open to the public year-round, five days a week. Visitors can view exhibits in the galleries or take a guided tour of the Merriman Sharp Farmhouse. To learn more, visit ellissharp.org or call 517-787-2320. Our Better Business Bureau helped us avoid losing thousands of dollars to a loan modification scam. My BBB helped me find a mechanic I can trust. My BBB helped our company show support for high ethical standards in the communities we serve. My BBB helped boost my company's online presence and brought in new customers. Find out what your BBB can do for you at www.bbb.org. Leading the new generation with his own brand of country music. Eastern Gorman. Friday, February 16th, 7 p.m. Potter Center. Eastern Gorman with special guest Dylan Carmichael. Reserve seat tickets on sale now at Potter Center Ticket Office or online at jccmi.edu slash Potter Center. Presented by Jackson College. Let American Speedy Printing help your company. Get the impact of a Fortune 500 company without spending a fortune. Add full color to your business materials and increase customer response by 130%. Call American Speedy Printing today. Experience Jackson today. Visit myjdl.com to download and stream hundreds of thousands of movies, music, magazines, ebooks, and audiobooks. Your library card gives you access 24-7 from home or work. myjdl.com. Visit Spring Arbor Lumber for your pole barn package. Let us give you a free estimate. Residential, commercial, agricultural, industrial. We do all types of pole barns. The way to do your homework. Spring Arbor Lumber. Hi, I'm Phil Tripp from Tripp's Auto Shop and Collision Center. After having an accident, the last thing you need is to fight with your insurance company about taking your car to a body shop that gives them a kickback. At Tripp's Auto Shop, we know you're the boss, not the insurance company. We deal with insurance companies, but we work for you. At Trips Auto Shop, we'll cover up to $500 of your insurance deductible or a rental car. Trips Auto Shop, the right repair is no accident. I had, had the good fortune of working on the project leading to a new headquarters here in Jackson. The most exciting project of my career. In 1999, we went to the community and said, we'd like to build a new headquarters. Our 1927 building is aging. We don't know where we want to build, but we see some changes that we think would be helpful in the community. We think we, we need that the community needs a, uh, a water sewer agreement, a modern one. The county needs a, a county-wide master plan. And the third thing was with city council terms, where 
At that time, all of the city council members were elected at one time. We said, what about staggering those terms? And the community responded very positively. It said, we think those changes, those suggestions make sense. We want to keep consumers downtown. Because at one time, there was real talk about moving out to Parnell or not staying in Jackson, moving to Grand Rapids, which was the center of our electric uh, territory, or Royal Oak, which was where our gas company was. But the, the county rallied. It said, we want to keep consumers here. We wanted to stay here. Uh, I think it's a very positive relationship. The final consideration was Jackson was the birthplace of the utility. Uh, Jackson was going to be advantaged or disadvantaged by what the company did in terms of its location. And the decision was made to stay here. I give them credit. They took that old office building and kept that, the integrity of that beautiful building, made it a lovely entrance, and built this beautiful building in our town. They've always been the best in the nation, as far as I'm concerned. Very few power companies uh, stayed on top or actually were ahead of the game. Consumers has always been ahead of the game, right from the beginning. Consumers Energy is seen as a leader in the transformation of our generating strategy across the country. We're respected and regarded, and in fact, we're selected by Sustainalytics as the number one most sustainable utility because we have retired more coal plants than any other investor-owned utility and replaced it with more renewables and clean natural gas power plants, including the natural gas plant right here in our hometown, Jackson, Michigan. We've built more wind beyond the state mandates because our customers are asking for it. We have wind parks across the state. We're planning to build more. Wind is a great modular, low cost resource for the people of Michigan because we know when Michigan wins, our company wins. Consumers Energy was foundational in the formation of the Anchor Initiative. And the Anchor Initiative is all about living locally, investing locally, and innovating locally. And so we see that as a framework for how we can contribute to the community now, but into the future by making Jackson a great place to live and to work, attracting people downtown to do business and to become residents. And that just improves the vibrancy and the resiliency of this great hometown. Everything that they do or attempt to do, I think consumers really takes in the consideration as a community. And they, they try to help wherever they can help. I mean, they've got the care program that helps low-income people pay their bills. There's so many wonderful volunteer activities in Jackson, opportunities. And I think it's probably fair to say that almost all of them have some kind of a consumer's energy representation, connection, or history you know, where employees are really encouraged to volunteer, give up their time, give back, and I, it's a strong work ethic, and I think the Jackson community has truly benefited from that. You see that also with elected representation, city council, school boards, uh, township boards, county boards. We're involved statewide with United Way, but we have a big portion here in Jackson. We do a, a good campaign, and if it wasn't for consumers and through my union, I sit on the board of the United Way now, and so I represent consumers and I also represent labor. And it's, it, it's a great feeling when we go down and we know that we're paying for half of the campaign just through consumers. Uh, all of those things would not be possible were consumers not located here with the quality and, and quantity of employees that, uh, that, that reside in the community and live and work in the community. 
Consumers Energy is near and dear to my heart. I grew up in Jackson. My dad retired from the company. I couldn't care more about the future and potential that we can provide for our communities and my hometown. We're committed to people, the planet, and prosperity for all of our customers, our coworkers, and our communities. We stand for something greater than ourselves. And I believe that purpose-driven mission of our company is what attracts the top talent that we've been able to attract to be part of this great company serving our hometown of Jackson and the rest of the state of Michigan.